This is a Federal News Network podcast. You might have heard government agencies have been trying to modernize themselves from a technology and services standpoint. They need the right talent to do so. But my next guest argues the newest graduates with the needed skills don't really have a way into government, so they go to industry instead. For more, we welcome the executive director of the Beck Center for Social Impact and Innovation at Georgetown University, Corey Zarek. Ms. Zarek, good to have you on. Thanks so much, Tom. It's great to be here. And you've done a pretty deep dive into this whole phenomenon. And what's going on with respect to young workers coming out with the skills that are needed? Maybe we can go into what those skills are. Sure. So we have in recent years seen an extraordinary resurgence of interest in the public sector. And folks who are coming up through universities like Georgetown and many others are developing specialized skills in data science and product management and are very interested in bringing those skills into the public sector. And yet there are very few jobs, especially for early career or entry-level folks, but still very few jobs overall for these more kind of modern elements that we need for our government services to work. That's a little strange because there is a statutory requirement that federal agencies have chief data officers, and presumably in the big ones they've got staffs, at least in the data science specifically. But you're finding that maybe the lower level or the entry level jobs aren't there and they're hiring people from 25 years in industry? I think that's right. And, you know, there are a lot of great folks who have been studying this and working on this. And, you know, we at Georgetown at the Beck Center are just some of them. What we've seen and what we've learned is that there's an extraordinary amount of these tech workers who are at or near retirement age. So no matter what, we're going to see a big gap um, and an opportunity in uh, how we fill these roles. And we also, while we see an increased focus on, as you mentioned, the chief data officers in every agency, and, and yes, some of them do have teams, some of them are still teams of one, but as they build that out, you know, we really have to get ourselves set up to have the right type of pipeline to bring folks in. And I think we're seeing an extraordinary amount of experimentation here, which is really promising. We've got pilots galore where we're bringing in folks, data scientists, customer experience, experts, all kinds of specialists in different ways. It's just not happening at scale. And it's not happening in a way that really sets us up to ensure this is consistent across government. And finally, and maybe most important, it's not quite yet set up to ensure these folks can come in as civil servants. And we know that in government, in the federal government, those civil service roles are really critical to ensuring the longevity of the work that we care about, ensuring that the workers have the support and the resources they need to do their jobs well. Because so we a lot do of have... this has been doing outside that civil service space. Yes, like the Presidential Innovation Fellows and programs like that that bring in people temporarily but then they have to have this big process of conversion if they want to stay in the government. And many come without the idea of staying in for the long term because they, for whatever reason, they just want to do that stint. But when you say that you're finding a resurgence in interest in the public sector, tell us more about the source of that knowledge. Sure. Well, a little bit of it is firsthand. Um, Georgetown is part of something called the Public Interest Technology University Network. It's a couple dozen universities all across the country, big universities, smaller colleges, urban centers, rural states, and all of these schools kind of band together, share curriculum and share strategies on how we can 
ensure that as we teach some of these modern tech skills that we're doing so with a public interest or a service mindset, because we need all of these skills in the public sector and in public interest organizations, just as we might in the private sector. And so we, over the last few years especially, have really seen the demand from these students coming out of these programs who are seeking opportunities in public service and they're just not there or they're not there at scale. You know, I think we can find ones and twos of jobs here and there, but we don't really have opportunities for young folks to come in and build a career if they want to for the long haul. The Presidential Innovation Fellows, which you mentioned, is an incredible program, but it seeks out mid-level or senior folks who have tech experience. It's really not geared toward those folks right out of school, Um, although occasionally I've seen they've plucked some of them. Um, And other programs like the U.S. Digital Service and 18F also historically have tended to recruit more seasoned workers. Although I know, you know, we're all focused on building up this pipeline. It's not just something, uh, you know, I'm talking about here on the outside. The folks inside government want this very much as well. And so I think it's just this um, whole ecosystem effort where we can think about different ways to approach it. We're speaking with Corey Zarek. She is the executive director of the Beck Center for Social Impact and Innovation at Georgetown University. Now, if the companies like the Accentures, the Booz Allens, the Deloitte's and other companies tend to vacuum up really smart graduates with modern skills, and then they can be as government contractors to the government, is that the same appeal? I mean, you're ultimately doing the work for the government, but coming at it from the contractor level. Not quite the same? Or what's your sense of how they feel about that? Sure. And it works for some. It works for some students and young folks. And in fact, when there are so few opportunities within the public sector, it's almost the next best thing. Right. It gives you a chance to still work on very mission critical work and also to be trained up in inside a big operation where you get a lot of support and a lot of professional development opportunities. So for some, that really is a fine alternative. It just is that it's an alternative. It's not the same as being able to come in and really build a career and a life in public service if that's what you're seeking. And so many students are so many older folks like me are. Sure. And what's your sense of what the government can do about this then if it becomes incumbent on some kind of civil service reform? Can it be affected at the agency by agency level or or what? We've seen a lot of promising examples of what government is already doing about this. And so thing number one is really to just take that in and start to implement it in the different agencies. Yes, it would be fantastic to have a whole of government reform on the civil service and on the GS scale and all of that that comes with it. That's a huge endeavor. We should do that. Sure. Uh, And while that potentially could get underway, there are also lots of opportunities to scale some of these pilots. So, for example, there's something called the SMEQA pilot, S-M-E-Q-A. It's the subject matter expertise pilot being run by the Office of Personnel Management and the U.S. Digital Service, OPM and USDS. They've done about a dozen pilots so far on specialized skills such as customer experience or data science where subject matter experts are brought in at the very beginning of a recruitment process to ensure that applicants actually possess the very basic skills needed to do the job. And that's determined objectively by subject matter experts, as opposed to how it works now, which is very subjective. It's just anyone raising their hand to say, yeah, sure, I have those skills. I can come in and do that job. Jennifer Polka, the founder of Code for America, just published a great medium piece on that that I would recommend to anyone explaining what is this SMEQA um, and why is it working? Why does it matter? So we do have great 
proven pilots to show how we can recruit in folks who have the right skills and who can come in and do these jobs. And we should be expanding that. All right. And the Silicon Valley angle is the other kind of attractive place for this almost like magnet shavings. But the government doesn't have foosball tables and all of the other accoutrements that we hear that you get in the private sector out on the coast, so to speak. And so are there some cultural things that maybe the government can do within the legal strictures that it operates on that could maybe make themselves more attractive to people that maybe are ambivalent or not or are on the fence with respect to government service? Sure. And again, it's seeking something different. And so if workers are looking for that tech sector experience, they should go to the tech sector. And if they're looking for that public sector, more mission-driven experience and opportunity, they'll want to come to the public sector. And so it's not necessarily competing against foosball tables. It's really offering something more attractive to the folks who are seeking that out. I think first and foremost, though, the thing that government can and should be doing is ensuring that the tech workforce the full workforce, but but here the tech workforce represents all of America. And we see just a real lack of diversity, representation, inclusion in the tech workforce in government. And again, as about half of those workers retire and, and move on, and we have these opportunities and these openings to bring in new talent, we really have to keep that top of mind as well. I guess we call them the OWCCs, the old white COBOL coders. <laughs> Corey Zarek is the executive director of the Beck Center for Social Impact and Innovation at Georgetown University. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.